The Atomic Podcast, where Ephraim blows up the news on a verbal scale, is my favorite podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Ephraim Guzman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. My guest today, she is the writer for Fangoria Magazine, Miss Amy Seidman. Am I saying that correctly? Yes. Okay. Hi. Hi. Pleasure to meet you over Skype. Thank you. Lovely to meet you, too. <laughs> you look like you're going out to, for the nightlife tonight, almost. No, this is my this is my Sunday best. This is God's day. God's I'm day. <laughs> well, your Sunday best looks great. How's everything? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Not a problem. How's everything in um, good old Canada? Uh, everything in Toronto, Canada right now is fantastic. I'm watching a high school football game across from me. Yeah. Uh, I will be hackling them, so if you guys hear me yell, like, just out of nowhere, it's probably because I'm hackling the uh, players during this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that's a typical Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the famous coffee in Canada is Tim Hortons, correct? Tim Hortons, that's correct. Now, I think it's come your neck of the woods recently. Yeah. You yeah. guys freaked out, apparently, over it, too. The funny thing is, I actually live on top of a Krispy Kreme Donuts, which is like, <laughs> you're, it, it's sort of like, um, yeah, it's gone full circle in that respect. Now, I'm actually also American, so I'm a dual citizen, so oh, nice. I feel like it's kind of okay mm-hmm. that I can, like, kind of talk shit about everybody in a sense. But, yeah, no, I live on top of a Krispy Kreme, and I know Tim Horns caused quite a stir in your neck of the woods. Yeah, because I used to reside in New York City, and there was yeah. one little Tim Horton spot to, like, five different Starbucks. Um, I had Tim Horton. Tim Hortons coffee once, I believe. I, 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 from what I remember, it was okay. But Starbucks is the big conglomerate that's in Manhattan. When I was living in New York, all over. It's I'm, Starbucks. Gonna, I'm gonna say something that's incredibly unpopular, and I'm probably gonna get shit from a lot of people. Listen, real talk. I fucking hate Tim Hortons coffee. It tastes burnt. It tastes like, um, <laughs> like, like round of dirt and and like old old spices that are not good anymore or something it's garbage i don't like it i've never liked it and i sorry i feel i might i might be like dejected from this country in the morning (laughs) that's quite fine so you so you say you have dual citizenship but you're currently staying now in canada and you go to the states every now and then or uh, well, I haven't been to the States in a while. Um, I'm a little nervous. Why? <laughs> to come to the States lately, as of late. Is it because of our president? <laughs> Maybe. Oh. I, I, I will say, I did not vote for him. I did vote. <laughs> I did not vote for him. Yeah. Um, uh, again, real talk. I I. I I wasn't sure who to vote for. I'm not a very political person. So I spoiled my ballot and I voted for the Wu-Tang Clan. Nice. Um, I <laughs> voted for a coalition government because yeah. I thought that would be amazing. So yes, I voted for Wu-Tang <laughs> and they didn't win. So look at that. Um, yeah, I haven't been stateside in a while. Um, I was going to be coming over there um, for a set visit Um not too long ago, but I, uh, 
injured. I was injured for about four or five months, like up until quite recently. I tore my Achilles tendon. I do not recommend this. Oh my god! I do not recommend it. Zero percent fun. <laughs> so I wasn't able to to walk really for a very long time. So um, I was going to be going actually to. Um, New York for a set visit for a film called Johnny Gruesome, which I'm stoked about. Wow. Do you know Gregory Lamberson, who did Slime City and Slime City Massacre? Oh, no, I've, I've never heard of that. No, I never heard of that. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Slime City Massacre and yeah. Slime City are, 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 like, iconic, iconic fucking films to me. And, um... Yeah. In, in the sense of the um, importance in the same way as sort of like trauma is and citizen and toxic, toxic adventure yes, yes. is to Jersey as is Gregory Lamberson to New York and, and to um, Jesus Christ, basically to everywhere. I, I'm a huge, huge fan. So um, he also has a film called Johnny Gruesome. Um, he, it was a comic book as well that he is... Actually, I think is now it's being re-released on Amazon, but he's just finished the film, and um, the guy that plays Johnny Gruesome and now, right now, I feel very bad that I can't remember his name. I want to say Anthony does something. He, oh, she, that's shitty. He, um, <laughs> he actually is playing the young Jack Sparrow in the latest uh, Pirates of the Caribbean film. Oh, Anthony DeSanti or DeSanto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Well, we got it halfway right, so that's all that matters. Okay. Yes. You know, y'all can find it. Though. Yep. Okay. So, Amy, um, how did was you always a horror fan? Give me a little bit of insight to young Amy. How did you be, get into your venture where you're at now? Like, just take me back to early Amy. How was you in high um, school and everything? Well, my parents were hippies, but like kind of the real like fucked up art drug hippies oh no <laughs> um, so my dad uh, when I was a kid you know he introduced me to you know the heavy metal series mm -hmm. right the heavy metal oh, series, right, which too. is actually Canadian yeah um, and uh my dad, this might sound horrible, but um, he introduced me to Gan Wilson, the illustrator from the Playboy comics, yeah. National Lampoons, um, <laughs> and he introduced me to horror as, as a kid, and uh, I always loved it, and then um, growing up, there was a video store near my house in Toronto, once we were here, um, called Captain Video, and I used to go there, and my, I was just fascinated by the artwork, by these this wall of incredible covers. Mm -hmm. The Sleepaway Camp um, cover with the shoe through the knife, yeah. or the knife through, with the boobs over here. I mean, and, and um, was it uh, Parents with the noose that was the yeah. noose? You know, so I was just so fascinated by this incredible, like, these incredible film covers. I wasn't allowed to watch them all. I wasn't allowed to rent them myself, so my dad used to sneak me them. Um, <laughs> but that's how I became sort of interested in all of these things. And, and I mean, I used to read um, scary stories to, to tell in the dark, you know, like that book series. Mm -hmm. um, that was a huge influence for me as well watcher in the woods these amazing wow. you know uh escape to witch mountain a uh, hell house all of these amazing films and uh that i just i never i never got tired of it <laughs> yeah you know it's funny because um there's a lot of girls i know and like relatives who 
who shun horror or like, oh, how could you watch that stuff? Like, I remember I went to the movies with my wife to watch um, The Hills Have Eyes, and I'm a oh, yeah. and I'm a horror enthusiast. I love horror movies. All my life, you know, from um, Slaughterhouse Rock to um, Rawhead Rex to um, Nightmare on Elm Street, you name it. So we went there to watch the movie, and the minute the scene came on where they went into the trailer, and there's, I, you know, I think it affects everybody differently, but something about someone being violated, rape, and sodomy, it like fucked up her head and she was like i can't watch this how can you watch this what is wrong with you for a person that watches this type of stuff and i'm like you know, i'm saying you know myself like i'm not like desensitized from it but i'm like it's a movie but it's it's so graphic you know like to me you know it's not a horror movie but i don't if you've seen death wish the 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 beginning scene with, with jeff goldblum and he was like i i hate rich cunts I, I you know i can't stand rich cunts you know and and they proceeded to violate the woman like to me that's the worst type of horror, more than a Freddy Krueger in anything. Um, when you watch certain scenes, I don't know, like The Accused or like any rape scenes or whatever, do you do you feel, I don't know, desensitized? Or do you feel like it doesn't bother you? Like, I don't know. I don't know where I'm trying to go with this question. But I, I um, like certain people get, you know, weirded out with certain things. Since you're in by the... By certain things, yeah, sure. Uh, um, I mean, I will... I've never actually told anybody this, so this is a bit weird, but, um, okay. uh, my, uh, my best friend hung herself, um, a few years ago, and I was very, um, freaked out by seeing that in films afterwards for a bit. Wow. Um, but then I also just thought, you know what, like, I can't, I can't have this take away and sort of rule my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it does still, I get a little bit like, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, um, uh, I, it was a conscious decision basically to not let that rule what I see because unfortunately that happens a lot <laughs> in horror yeah. movies or some form of, you know, something like that. Um, yeah, that was something that uh, that kind of was a tough one in a sense. Um, that was really the, and to be very honest, right now I have a very hard time. If I right now, if I see anybody do anything to anybody's ankle or Achilles tendon, I am like, I either may walk out, but I will definitely like cover my eyes. That is just because it's like so new. Yeah. But uh, I, I decided at a at a point, you know, um, I couldn't really let that stuff run my life and decide what you know rule what I liked and what I didn't because it mm-hmm. never did before, mm-hmm. and I've ne- never let anybody opinion or any taboo or any you know sort of you know um, you know cliche or whatever um, sort of run what I like it, it makes does horror make a lot of people uncomfortable absolutely do people ask me literally every day why do you watch this fucking shit <laughs> and I, I just say first of all it's not shit it's it's cinema it's art it's storytelling it's fantastic is there bad horror absolutely there's bad movies bad stories bad music abound but it has nothing to do with the genre i mean this is this is across the board um 
why do I like it? Because it it pulls on so many heartstrings. It pulls on so many different elements um, as far as storytelling and and um, you know emotion. I find, to be very honest, a lot of people don't understand what I say, but I find it actually quite highbrow. <laughs> <laughs> where a lot of people consider horror to be lowbrow because this storytelling has to be so intelligent that you leave that film 99% of the time people can tell you a film that scared the shit out of them no matter what it could have been when they were two and this person could be 87 years old mm-hmm. can they tell you like the film that made them laugh the hardest the first time probably not yeah. But they can definitely tell you the one that sticks with them that is horror. And it's to me, because that is to me a fucking testament to storytelling and to a director's vision. Oh, What was the horror film that traumatized you as a child? As a child? Well, a horror film that traumatized me as a child. Well, um, I... I my family, we kind of went between Miami and, and here for a little bit. It's not, I guess it's, I think it's a horror movie, I guess. But when you're living in these, like, sort of gated communities in Dade County, Miami, for some fucking reason, my parents showed me Cocoon. <laughs> Wilford Brimley? <laughs> Forgot, why did they show me this? I have no idea. But it was, you know, all of these sweet old people that I, all of a sudden, I completely interest in the genre of horror and um how did you ended up getting into fangora fangoria um well i mean like i said like my my it was sort of horror and film and art and just sort of culture like that has always sort of been in my family and it was sort of instilled in me as a kid and i was always very fascinated with these stories and with storytelling and getting sort of lost in these things and these these tales and these characters um, I, I adored it and I fascinated with it and I'm still fascinated by it but um, Fangoria how I got involved was um, there, there was a, a cinema close to where I live called the Bloor Cinema which is now changed but um, Chris Alexander who was at this time the editor-in-chief for Fangoria he used to do a film night there called um, Film School Confidential Okay. And he would just play his favorite films. And, um, oh boy, oh boy. At the time, <laughs> I was um, dating someone who was sort of annoying. <laughs> so, 
so uh, after work, when I had a chance, I was like, you know, I gotta go out. I gotta go see this movie. I will, it was sort of my getaway, mm-hmm. and I would take a box of wine and I would sit in the back of the movie theater and watch these films. And then one day, after one of them, Chris and I ended up talking, and we just sat there and we talked about film for a very, very, very long time. And um, we ended up talking about Stephen Charles Jaffe. Uh, who is the writer and director of like Motel Hell? He produced Ghost. He uh, he did uh, Near Dark with Catherine Bigelow. He did like he's done so many things. And he had just done a documentary on Gay and Wilson, the artist. Who so my dad like is an art sort of collector, dealer, buyer, seller. Um, and I we have a lot of Gay and Wilson art. And I wanted to see this documentary, and I I had heard that it had won all these awards at comic-con and all these things i would kind of find it so chris was like if you find like you should just write about you stop talking to me about this stuff just write it and like mm-hmm. send it to me so i contacted stephen charles jaffe and i just said you know i would like to write this thing for fangory about the thing and stephen charles jaffe i mean he was like fangory is my favorite fucking magazine <laughs> like, okay. so i wrote this piece for uh, Fangoria, and it became a byline for the that issue. And then Stephen Charles Jaffe flew me to New York to do. Um, uh, he was presenting the film at the IMC Theater, mm-hmm. so he asked me to come and, and do that, which was great, and I did. And uh, the film is fantastic. It has not gotten the distribution I think it should get, but it is available. It's like on Amazon, iTunes. Um, I think a few other VOD platforms, but it's fantastic. It's called um, Gay and Wilson, Born Dead, Still Weird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's sort of how I got involved. And then that was the first piece I did, and I didn't really think much of it from that. And then just people started emailing me and asked me to do other stuff. And uh, it hasn't stopped, so here we are. (laughs) Um. You know, I know you wrote about a lot of different reviews of horror horror shows and movies. Um, what has been so far this year? Probably a horror movie people should look out for, or what's a good horror movie that people don't know about? Uh, well, I was on set for it. Oh, nice! How is that? So they shot that in Toronto. Yeah. So I was on set for that, and I will one hundred percent tell you that that is going to be some like that's gonna be something that you are not expecting. Really? Because um, you know, a lot of people said that about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, and they said that about the Halloween. Honestly, in your yeah. opinion, this is not you're no. not selling a bag of goods. This is, is no, no, gonna, no. So. First of all, let, let's. A lot of people keep saying remake. This is not a remake. So first of all, that was a TV miniseries, yeah. the original, the, the mm-hmm. Tim Curry version. Yes, this yes. is a two-part film. It's two films. Yeah. They will each be standalone films. But this one that's coming out September eighth is um. You know how in the miniseries it kept going back and forth in time between the kids and then which is I found very annoying. This is all of the kids stuff is this first one. The second one, which apparently they're gonna be shooting soon, is the adult stuff. Now, when I was there, my concern was, you know, oh god, please don't make this a fucking PG thirteen movie. I will tell you, there was absolutely nothing fucking PG thirteen about what I saw when I was there. Uh, uh it is it is not family-friendly 
child friendly. It's not friendly to actually to anybody of any age. I will be brutally honest with you. Um, you're not you're not gonna get um, yeah you're not gonna get very much uh, censorship as far as I've seen. Um, I know you can't really talk about what you've seen, but could you give a description? Like, what did you see? Torture? Did you see sodomy? Did yeah. you see? Yeah. Oh, oh. not sodomy. Oh, 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 I saw a lot of torture. A lot of torture? Okay. Okay, wow. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that. I saw, well, torture, yes. I mean, torture is a very broad term. Yes, yes. Um, not... I, did see, I did see some torture. I did see some violence. Yes. I did see some... I saw a bunch of horrific shit. <laughs> and it was dope as fuck. So, oh my god! I gotta tell you, and it looks amazing. And Andy Machete and Barbara Machete are so—their um, vision is so intense, and you—it's so incredible. And their 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 involvement in absolutely every element of it is incredible. I also got to tell you, the production design of this film, the world that Pennywise lives in, his home, and and the sewers that you know he he's from are just fucking mind-blowing. You, I, uh... You got me fucking when, excited. <laughs> now. That is definitely going to fuck you guys up. 100%. <laughs> Bill Skarsgård is incredible. He's yeah. incredible. I did not go in there thinking that this is what I would see. Um, especially, too, when you see something on set. Yeah. You're not, there's no effects, there's no nothing, it's just, you know, and it's also sort of always weirdly out of place, because there's no order to what you're seeing, or whatever. It, it it's completely fucking insane. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, well, you're giving uh, a so rave review. Well, <laughs> you guys would, uh, you're, yeah, it's, it would be criminal to this. Yeah. Um, the one that fucked me up the most this year would absolutely, well, I guess was The Wailing last year, or was it this year? I think the wailing was this year. Was it this year? The wailing is the one that fucked me up the most, one hundred percent. Yeah, but I mean, the, another film. It wasn't this year specifically, but one that has always fucked me up uh, ever since I saw it was uh, Ninety Nine Homes, and it is actually a movie about real estate. What? Oh my god! It, it, but it is one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Um, it stars Andrew Garfield I need a drink. and. Um, <laughs> And Michael Shannon, yeah. and uh, it is about basically sort of the real estate collapse and, and how that sort of happened in Florida and just kicking people out of their homes, and it's very intense, and it's very in-your-face, and it's very claustrophobic, and um, I when I did smoke, this would be one of those movies, I remember when I saw The Hurt Locker, it was the same thing, I was literally... I smoked two cigarettes at once, and I know this is a movie I would have smoked two cigarettes at once. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's freaking awesome. Oh, be, oh um, not, I'm going off the subject, but um, I read you have a tattoo of face-off? Oh, my caster Troy guns. Yes. Oh, is, oh wow. So, <laughs> they're, they're backwards. Well, they're upside down. They should be pointing down so that, like, when I, you know, you can yeah. pull them out so they're like that, right? Yeah. Um, so face-off is actually the, the thing that got me into, like, that made me want to work in film. Okay. That made me want to, like, be a part of films and in general. Um, I walked into face-off a hapless sort of 
stuttering little girl, I walked out of Face Off a woman with a fucking plan. <laughs> that is what happened. And, wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so these are Castor Tories guns. Uh, yeah. Behind me, actually, this I have a plant behind me. This plant is called uh, Castor Troy as Sean Archer. This one is Sean Archer as Castor Troy. <laughs> and over here we have Pollux Troy, who is just Pollux Troy. Um, but Face Off is the most influential movie for me. I still watch it regularly, every month at least once. Um, it's the fucking dopest movie ever. But yes, these are uh, those are Castor's guns. That's awesome. You know what's funny? Because a lot of... Let's say musicians, rappers, they love Scarface as an influence. I've this is the first I've heard anybody saying oh, Face Off <laughs> and Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. The film was an influence for you to get into the genre you're in now. So that's kind of fascinating. Well, it's very funny. So a friend of mine, uh, Patrick Baxter, he is a special effects artist, and he was doing a film with John Woo in China, and yeah. he sent me a message saying John doesn't believe me about your tattoo. Can you send a photo? Yeah. So I was like, sure. And I sent a photo of my hand. And then, do you know what John Woo said? What? That's stupid. And I was like, yes! Amazing! <laughs> and I was so excited. And then he actually sent me a signed copy of The Killer, which I have over there somewhere. Yeah. What? Yeah, he's like, he's, John Woo signed one for me. Oh, oh but, hang on. Let me oh, show you. All right, yes, definitely. <laughs> Where is the kill? Oh my god, right here. John Woo sent. Wow. Right there. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. that's so awesome. That's so awesome. But that's stupid. Is like I want that on my gravestone. That's, that's my epitaph. <laughs> that's the only tattoo you have of the Hatcher Troy. Uh, yeah, I, nothing else matters to me that much. Yeah. <laughs> that is so awesome. I, you know, I'm saying I'm a face off <laughs> fan, but I've never known anyone. You're probably the first person, not that I know you personally, but talking to you right now that has a tattoo of Caster Troy's guns. That's that's epic. That's epic. <laughs> you just threw me off way right there. <laughs> passionate about that movie and if you want to be if you want to if anybody just like just so y'all know if you ever want to piss me off talk shit talk shit about face off yeah. talk shit y'all piss me <laughs> off y'all get me real angry yeah. do not ever do that it is uh i have i have like cut off friends <laughs> people like shit like that you talk shit about face off <laughs> that's the most important thing in the world to me you're gonna be crazy <laughs> Um, um, Nic um, are you a fan also of Nicolas Cage and John Travolta films, or is just that particular film no. that? No, not even John Woo films particularly. Just Face Off. Wow. It's just for some reason the only thing I care about. <laughs> I also, I mean, that's a lie. I really, I do care about Bates Motel. Bates Motel is the other thing that to me is just yes. so fucking important. It's, um, it was a life changer, game changer for me as well. Yeah. Um, Actually, that's those are the literally the only two things I care about. Sorry, everybody, family, friends, everybody. <laughs> wow, <Well, right. laughs> she doesn't care about you guys. It's the the, the movie and the no, show. That's it. They all, they've all heard me say this a million times, anyways. They all know <laughs> that. So. <laughs> 
I know. I know. I was a huge fan of Bates Motel, and um, I just love how they deviated everything that you've seen in the films and the crappy Vince Vaughn remake. I just love how everything oh. was reimagined, and especially love the Marion Crane twist there with Rihanna. I, I just love that whole sequence. You know. Um, what do you think? What could people take away from Bates Motel? You um, you think? In your opinion, I know you wrote you you did a review about you know each episode, but you know yes. if you can give an overall opinion of Bates Motel, what would you say about it? Well, first thing is is that um, what a lot of people didn't really realize or, or recognize necessarily off the bat is that. Bates Motel is not psycho. They're not doing psycho. They're not recreating or anything. This is a this is a car crash between psycho and their and and Carlton Cuse and uh, Carrie Aaron's own vision. Mm-hmm. Um, this is there's no remake. There's there is nudge nudge wink wink kind of moments yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. But there, this is not a remake, and I really loved the idea of. Well, we don't know what happened before. We don't know. Like, you can create this whole world, and that is so incredible. The craziest part about it, though, is we all know how it ends, and it's so tragic. And you watch these characters. The most fucked up part is watching these characters and growing and getting so attached to these characters, but knowing at the very end of the day what the outcome is, and it's so hard. It's such a push and pull. It's so conflicting because you... You know, you don't want to get attached to them. Also, like, with the exception of, I will say, um, Damon Gupton's character, Dr. Edwards, Mm -hmm. in uh, season four, uh, and he sort of appeared in season five, but then apparently he disappeared. Yeah. um, As people do around Norman and Norma Bates. Um, Everybody, nobody was good. Nobody was a good character. So you can't... You, you, it's hard to sympathize 100% with them. Nobody was a very good person. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, so everybody, true. this town, everyone in the town, the town bred seediness and bad and just bad energy and, and they moved. They left a bad situation thinking they were going somewhere nice and they didn't. Norma Bates is one of the most tragic characters. Um, yet she's also one of the strongest and most fascinating characters mm-hmm. she's also a fucking piece of shit yep. <laughs> you know i adore it's so it's so complicated and and vera farmiga is such an amazing actress and freddie highmore is unreal and the the world that they created the characters they created this chemistry um you know freddie highmore not only was playing two characters at one point but he was also directing He directed some of those episodes, and it's just like, it's so incredible how immersed in this world that he was, and how conflicted it made me as a viewer. Um, My neighbor downstairs, she, uh, for a very long time, she didn't know what was going on. She thought I had a boyfriend. I I watch um, films and television shows like it's a fucking contact sport i watch it like it's a sporting event so i yell i'm doing all such so she thought i had a very tumultuous relationship with someone named norman wow. <laughs> because every time i was watching i was like norman no <laughs> you know i would lose my goddamn mind yeah um because it's just so involved you cannot help but just get so wrapped up in these characters and and the, the uh, 
city of um, White Pine Bay, the town of White Pine Bay itself, is such an interesting character. Yeah. Because it really is in its, itself like almost a sort of puppet master of, of everybody. Mm-hmm. It has dictated a lot of horrible shit, and it, it has been the, the cover for a lot of crime and a lot of very underhanded activity. So I've always found it just... Bates Motel, to me, is one of... To me, it is the most important um, series I've ever seen. It's one of the most influential and important series I've ever seen. I know, and Norman is such a chick magnet. Like, this guy attracts so many women, and he just doesn't know what to do at all. It's like, whoa, guy, like... Look! Look at the opportunities you have here, and you're just—you you, know—you're thinking about your mom. Like, you know, if you're if you're watching it without having any knowledge of Psycho, you're, you're gonna say, "What is wrong with this kid?" But, you know, I—you know—I don't know. I expected more. Like, it was a great series, but I just—you know—I just thought it was gonna be some kind of incestuous relationship with the mother or something. Like, I—I I don't know. It was pretty. It was pretty damn close. It was borderline, but I—I I don't know. I just. It was pretty- yeah, like I just, I just, I just wanted her to pull him and just make out with him or something like that. I just wanted to see, you know. Like, no, I didn't know about that. No, like no. no, I mean, I mean, just to see it on television because you know stuff like that is still taboo. You don't really see besides yeah, it's besides weird. besides the movie Sleepwalkers. Have you ever seen Sleepwalkers? Of course, it's my friend Mixville. Yeah. Oh yes. No, Big Garris. Okay. So that's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Oh, awesome! Awesome! Great! Great film. That movie, it's fantastic. yes, that movie pushed the boundaries of that. Of you know, you're like, oh, wait Absolutely. a minute, like I'm, I'm watching. I can't believe I'm watching this. You know, even you know, they're actors, but you're invested that they're a mother and son, and they're doing that. You're like, whoa, like I, I thought it would have been somewhat like that, but it, it, it would, regardless of the fact, it was an awesome show. Well, you also have to remember this was on A and E, yeah, prime time, sort of, you know, but if thing. you. Which I also think is part of its demise, is yeah. that I, I don't think that A&E was necessarily the right network for it. Um, A&E, uh, it, it did carry it for five seasons, but it's also actually the very last scripted show that A&E is doing, ever. Wow, wow. So now I think it's just basically like those sort of recreated crime shows and stuff like that, which are fine, but this is the last um, scripted show they're ever doing. So yeah. it's interesting because it also sort of tells you where um, the money in television and where the audience is going. Yeah. Which yeah. is interesting to me. But Bates Motel had a huge following. I mean, Rihanna, she was a huge fan. That's how she ended up getting the part, really, was that she fucking loved the show and was like, you know, I love this show. Can I be on it? And they were, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and giving her the role of Marion Crane, I thought, now, here's the thing. So I just saw Valerian. <laughs> I just saw Valerian the other day, and I was not a fan, to say the least. Um, but as Marion Crane, and they gave her, it was a very sort of small part yeah. in, in the series. I thought she did really, really well. And the other, I mean, Rihanna's also just absolutely stunning. You can't. You cannot look away at this woman on the screen. She just fucking is so captivating to look at. But I thought she actually did a really good job as Marion Crane. I really liked her take on it, and I liked how passionate she is about the show. Yeah, she's a really, really huge fan of it, and I just thought the series went out with a bang. And you know, you know, because shows like Breaking Bad, 
I'll put that into the equation. And now Better Call Saul. I don't know how long yeah. the season is going to go for, but it's like I want more. I want more. And I think yeah. Base Motel stopped at a good point where you're not sick of it. It wasn't. It wasn't to the point where I didn't. I did. I didn't want more of the show. But I thought they stopped at a point where, you know, you can you can milk you can milk the horse anymore. It's fine well, where it stops at. You think? Do you think so? Or? I interviewed Carrie Aaron, the show creator. Yeah. And I, I mentioned actually Better Call Saul. I said, you know, there's these spinoff sorts of things of all these shows. Um, I personally, I fell in love with this character, Chick. Do you remember Chick? <laughs> yes, from yes. The show? I, um, I, he was I, excellent. I thought he was fucking so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And at the very end of the season, you know, when he did this incredible viking funeral yeah i was just so fascinated by chick and if you remember chick said i'm writing a story remember when yes. he caught norman caught him and he was at a typewriter and he said i'm writing a story about you guys and norman like shot him right or yeah. something or hit him um i thought oh so here's the spinoff yeah. here we go yeah so we're gonna get chick's story next right yeah. whatever he was writing about them um i would love to see a chick spin off. <laughs> I, um, I would love that. I I found him to be such a great character. Um Caleb, Norma's brother, brother yes. You know, incestuous uh, yes. a father uncle, yep. or whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about incest. There was some incest, but yep. um, Dylan's father uncle. I found him to be such a fascinating character as well. Absolutely fucking abhorrent, mm-hmm. but a fascinating character as well. I would have loved to see, you know, some stuff with him. I thought Dr. Edwards, Damon Goopton was such a fascinating character because he's literally the only person that had no underlying motives and no skeletons to sort mm-hmm. of hide to sort of dictate his movements. He genuinely was the only person who genuinely wanted to help oh, Norman. Norman. And it was so sad that Norman never got to see that because by that point he was so controlled um by norma yeah. no, you know i norm i say norman louise because at that point they become one right they're yep. fused it's one but um i would have loved some spinoffs um but i completely understand and by that same token you know you always you think you want more but a lot of the time you're probably better off without it yeah. and i think it ended beautifully i think it it um it, it's just such a fucking, it's such a cinematic and gorgeous film, it's, or uh, series, and it's just so inspiring to me. Every single episode had me, you know, screaming, sorry, and, uh, you know, like, fascinated. I had to take work off one day because I was so pissed off about an episode. I remember I had called yeah. in afterwards. When Norma died, yeah. I called my work immediately, and I said, I'm not coming in, I'm done. <laughs> I can't come in. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's dedication no, to a done. show. <laughs> I can't make any costumes today. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, um, I know you have to go, but I have one final question for you. Um, sure. I will condense it. Um, what would the Amy of today tell the Amy of yesterday? Um, don't listen to anybody. <laughs> also, Face Off is still the most important movie you'll ever see. Um, don't listen to anybody. Just do everything you want to do. Um, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, uh, there's not a lot of place for females in horror, or so people say. 
Um, it's it's true. We're not really very well represented, but um, yeah. you make your own space. Yeah, I always have. I've I've got a bit of a Napoleon complex. I'm five foot four. I'm loud as shit. So, you know, I make my own space where I need to. I'm very aggressive, and I will never stop being aggressive. I would never be demure. That's one thing I can tell myself. Amy, back then, high five. You've never been demure. You've never been polite. You've never <laughs> toned it down, scaled it back. This is why you are who you are. It's also probably why you're going to go drink tequila long very soon. But <laughs> yeah. So basically, what you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, just, you know, uh, don't listen when people say, like, why would you like these kinds of films? They're bad. They're not good for you. It's sick. If that's the case, then, well, I guess I'm bad and I'm sick. But I have never, um, I have literally, like, pulled myself out of some of the darkest moments ever imaginable because of this genre and all of these things because I was able to get lost in stories. So, you know what? If somebody's going to say that's bad, well, you know, Y'all are wrong. Yep. Tough noogies, as they say. <laughs> exactly. Tough noogies. <laughs> Amy, unplug um, your social media. Plug um, anything you have coming up. Oh, um, well, there's fearforever.com. Um, I do a review show on uh, Your Geek News as well with my friend Matt, where we basically just argue about movies like Valerian. Uh, there's the Fear Forever Instagram, which is just fear.forever. That is a lot of it. Basically, coming up soon is a lot about Fantasia Festival, and then coming in end of August is going to be basically all of the stuff about it on set, all of the interviews with all of the cast, directors, uh, producers, everything. So if you are interested in it, the the new film... uh, You'll find a lot. And ladies and gentlemen, that was Amy Seidman, and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. (laughs) Have a good one, folks.